Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, something from the cellar, where we take you down to the cellar to peruse through some of our finest vintages from our archive episodes, hence something from the cellar, a chance to revisit some truly vintage conversations. And we're back now for another jaunt through some of the 80s icons who've been on the show over the last four and a half years. We're kicking off with the man behind possibly the most infamous mullet of the 80s, Pat Sharp. Here, the star of Funhouse, Radio 1 and Capital Radio, remembers how moving around some of the biggest radio networks here in the UK forced him to raise his game and hone his craft, as well as some of the terrible sins that he and his contemporaries committed across their years on our airwaves. Did at Radio 1, when you walked through the doors as, as a novice 20-year-old, who just sent in a good a good demo tape? Did did anybody extend you the same kindness that you extended me when I joined Greatest Hits? Did did anybody stop by to wish you luck and say, just welcome aboard and here if you need anything? That's an interesting one because I've always welcomed everybody. I mean, and when Miles came to Capital as an unknown guy, you know, I, I welcomed him and had him over to our house and he bought his girlfriend and we had a cup of tea and whatever. And he goes, "You're the only one that's nice to me," you know, and that's why. I don't know, we remain friends to this day. And um, I don't remember people doing that to me, but I don't have a problem with that because I just went in there thinking, well, 
I'm not going to be very good anyway. I've never been on the radio, and I hadn't. I'd been around the hospital radio station where I live, and I'd done some uh, dedication rounds, picking up uh, you know, request slips and stuff, but I'd never been on the air. My first words on the radio were on Steve Wright's show after, after the lunchtime show and going into Peter Powell. I think there was about 16 million people listening at that time <laughs> to, to Radio 1 because there weren't so many local stations, so I just went for it. But I don't think people were very kind to me, no. I think they thought, who's this? gutter snipe this young whippersnapper trying to steal our jobs and they were probably smashy and nicey type era then weren't they where they were sort of thinking we've been here forever we don't want the establishment rocked by this fellow did you have the hair by then no i had hair but not the hair not the hair okay no, no. okay moving on to the next uh, truth or lie okay your first dj gig was in a garden center true or false absolutely false absolutely no i aspire to getting a gig as good as that <laughs> true. Okay, is this true then? You convinced David Hasselhoff to scale the Berlin Wall before before it came down. Obviously, not true. Ah. <laughs> I was really hoping that there might be something like that. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. So me too. <laughs> I mean, you've been tenacious uh, every twist and turn. You've also worked for some of the biggest networks in the UK. How's that been bouncing from one network to the other whilst always remaining inherently patch up? Well, to be honest with you, I haven't always remained in, I suppose I have in a way, but equally I've had to change. I can remember going, when I went from capital to heart, uh, they started giving away these holidays and my boss came in, he went, hi. I went, hi. He goes, he goes, yeah, you know, you just said we are your destination station and you can win the trip to so-and-so. I went, yeah. He goes, just say you can win a holiday. We're not really like that here. So I, I learned to talk to people rather than at them and kind of change from being the DJ that I was to being a presenter. And I think that's held me in good stead for what I do now. You know, I'm, I'm able on, on my shows, on Greatest Hits, to play the tunes, do the top 10 of 10, which I was the first person to ever host the top 10 of 10 back in the, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s on Capital. That's where they got the top 10 of 10 from. Um, and I, uh, I do that as, you know, as a presenter, but also quite DJ. But then after that, I start communicating more and telling people what I've done in, during the week and having a laugh with people and having someone on the phone and having a kid pick a classic song and so on and so forth. So I, I'm much better at communicating now and have been for many decades than I was when I was a DJ. But lots of people prefer me when I was a DJ and say, why don't you play a 1100 jingles in a row and have the echo on and I go because things have changed and if I did do that I wouldn't have the job I do have so it's well it's all changed so much hasn't it I remember yeah. when I first came into the media I mean it was de rigueur that most big DJs had their own helicopter just mm -hmm. everyone had a helicopter did you have a helicopter I didn't know but Foxy did Foxy did have a helicopter Noel Edmonds Noel Edmonds, I think Noel had a helicopter. And Mike Smith, yep. of course, the late Mike, Mike Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah, the late Mike Smith, he had a helicopter. So you're right, most DJs did. I was the only one that didn't. Well, also, there was a thing in the 80s where DJs had their names on the side of their cars. Did you <laughs> ever commit that crime? That's like cock piss partridge, isn't it, with the same <laughs> thing? <laughs> didn't you actually get name-checked on partridge? I did, yeah, I did, yeah. There's a... there's a, <laughs> there, I don't think it was on the telly show... Um, it's in the book. Yeah, it's in his book, Nomad. I think it's called Nomad. And there's a bit about the fact that I'd, Whitney Houston's greatest love of all, and he starts talking, and he goes, as played, or I don't know. I, I can't remember, but he mentions my name, which is quite an accolade. And my son, my oldest son, Nicky, is very happy about that because he's a big fan. But I digress. So, um, yeah, the, name, <laughs> the names on the side of the car, Kate, are from uh, sponsorship. So if you worked for a, for a small local radio station in Telford or something back in the day and... Uh, 
Ford Telford thought that uh, they could get something out of it, they would say, John Harris is on weekdays, 10, 10 till 2, and it would be like Ford Telford all over his car, and it would be everywhere, and people would see it, and they'd go, oh, look, that must be John Harris. And he'd be going, yes, it is, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have Pat Sharp written on the side of your car? No, no, no. Someone once scratched something on the side of my car after a gig, but it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> um, your real name, true or false, is Pat Sharpin. Yeah, it's Patrick Sharpin. And apparently I was told that on Friday it was a question in the chase. Which, pers- which person is, was for- is, is better known, not better known, which person actually real name is Patrick Sharpin? And, uh, and, uh, and your Smash Hits magazine, they did it as well. They wrote Patrick Sharpin, did a whole thing on me with being Pat Sharp when we had the Pat and Mick records out. So, yeah, it's been <laughs> yeah. out there and that's fine. And I, and I think because, you know, when I was DJing, Patrick Sharpin didn't sound very good, but I thought Pat Sharp sounded quite cool because all the DJs I knew had very short sort of one-syllable names. They were all like that, you know. There was yeah. Roger Scott, Graham Dean, John Sachs, you know, and so on. So, you know, so Kate Thorne, you know. Yeah, so it doesn't really work, Thornton. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> well, you've got to get rid of your tun because that's where yeah. I got rid of my pin. <laughs> yeah, but then Thorne just sounds so spiky. <laughs> also, of course, I've had the problem, Kate, as well, with the, with the Pat Sharp, because people will still... Still, and it happens all the time, either via email or whatever. Can we get Pat Sharp for this date? S H A R P E. So we'll write back and go, yeah, you know, please don't put any on his name because otherwise he'll be Pate. And they go, what? (laughs) (laughs) And that still makes you laugh. Look at you. I'm Pate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Next up, bona fide 80s legends, skating supremos and 80s gold medalists, Torvalyn Dean. I asked them what moment they'd most love to return to and revisit. Turns out their record-breaking, era-defining performance of the Bolero at the 1984 Winter Olympics isn't a bad place to start. 
I wanted to know about the moments that you consider so magical that you would have to relive time and time again. <laughs> and then subsequently, a tragic moment that, that you could delete it forever, be it from your mind, your history, or even the World Wide Web. <laughs> Obviously, my magic moment um, is the Olympics and Bolero. Same. Because um, we, we, we worked our life to that point. And we didn't know what was after that. Mm. So in retrospect, I would like to go back and look at that moment. I mean, I can see it on video, or I think it's 16 millimeter film these days, but <laughs> I, can, I can look back on video and I can see it in its 2D form. But if I had the chance of immersing myself into that space again, mm. you know, I think they, they say to people that are getting married, Take it in on that day because generally that's going to be the, one of your highlights of your life. And for us, that was our day. Mm. And, and to be able to go back and because we were so focused, um, so in the zone. And so you didn't have necessarily the opportunity to take in the audience and what was happening around else. you and everything. Yeah. No so, peripheral vision, just intensely focused. You can watch that moment back time and time again and you've reenacted it. I mean, I think you've skated that dance over 2,000 times now. A lot of times, yeah. Yeah. But is it more about going back to that moment and feeling it again, actually yeah. tuning into your... To, rather than being so focused on what you're skating, actually yeah. feeling that moment? We did have the chance about... How many years ago was it? Five years ago. It was the 30th anniversary of the Olympics. Of us winning. And we went back of winning and we went back to Sarajevo um, we went back to the venue which had been bombed during the war but they rebuilt it and this was sort of a launch of reopening it and they the city of Sarajevo asked us to go back and in actual fact going back I, I've seen things for the first mm. time that I didn't remember mm. but then actually getting into the building and meeting some of the people one of the, one of the real fascinating things was that one of the people that were looking after us she was um 36 but she had been the flower girl on the day that went to pick up flowers just oh, before we skated yeah you see you see and 36 years later going on when you see the footage uh going on yeah. to the ice uh, i don't know how many of them there were but she was one of those girls and she came to meet us personally um when we went back oh. it was so sweet and, and Jane, for you, you straight away, when I asked about a magic moment, you just went, yep, same. same. There was yeah. no... <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. So it's not about the day that you became a mother or, it, or for you, Chris, the day you became a father. It's about those four minutes, 28 seconds, which technically you, you could only have your blades on the ice for four minutes. So you even had to choreograph this incredibly beautiful moment at the top of the routine where you had to keep your, your blades off the ice, didn't you? Correct, yeah. That, I mean, that really led to those... That opening position, those iconic um, pictures that were taken of the time that people, you know, obviously refer back to. And whenever they do that, it, it's that moment. But out of necessity, <laughs> that's where that came from. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And James, yeah. do, do you share that sentiment with Chris about those those four minutes? Would you, is that what you'd like to go back and, and re-experience Again. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't change anything when you watch it. You can't change anything, and we wouldn't want to. Um, but yeah, like Chris said, it would be nice to remember a bit more about the atmosphere mm. and what was going on. And um, yeah, but, but it was it was uh, the moment that 
as Chris said, we didn't know what we were going to do in the future. And mostly um, uh, uh, competitors would turn professional straight after their last major competition and do an ice show for a couple of years. Um, and that was that. But we never envisaged that we would still be doing it um, this long. So we're so we're so grateful each time, you know, even through the aches and pains, we're so grateful that we can still do it in, in some way. So do you see how we keep avoiding numbers so people can't do the math? <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics was 84. They were 25. But leave it there. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you, what you've done for the sport is incredible. I mean, we didn't live anywhere Thank near you. an ice rink as a kid. But I remember in 1984, I was still at school and I was out on my roller boots. And I know it's, it was screened in the afternoon in the UK, wasn't it? I can't. Um, probably. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Olympics. I remember being called in because you were about to take to the ice. And okay. everybody, all the kids on the estate had to go in. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> we, all the kids on the estate got to go in because Torval and Dean are about to win gold. Aww. It was like, it was a given. <laughs> it's extraordinary. And, that, and, and that's the pressure that we heard of everybody saying, well, it's not a question of will you win, but how much will you win by? Mm-hmm. And so we would always, you know, put our fingers in our ears and go, la, 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 because we didn't <laughs> want to hear that sentiment at all from our point of view. Well, we just didn't want to have Distraction that, or um, pressure. Distraction mm-hmm. or pressure of, of that it's not a given, that in actual fact every day you still got to work for it. Yeah. Even though you, at the moment you're the best, but yeah, one you know, fall away from time, it. Time you might not. Yeah, you one fall, one mm. slip. Which away takes from us to your tragic obscurity. moments. Are there moments that exist? That I mean, when I say tragic, I don't mean you know the worst of times. There is a wrap it in some comedy, maybe, <laughs> um, to soften the tragedy. But are there? Is there a moment that you would gladly just erase from? From public, from public gaze, certainly. Well, I think I think one for me was, um, well, both of us, but when uh, we were training 1983 for the Europeans, and I we mm-hmm. had a really bad fall, and I fractured my shoulder blade, so we had to miss mm-hmm. the Europeans, and you know we're on a roll because we're already twice world champions. Uh, this is a season before the Olympics, and. You've got to stay up there to to keep having a chance to be the best and keep pushing yourself. And there's loads of people waiting to jump into your spot. And for us to miss a major championship, we'd never had to do that before. And it was just, we couldn't even bear to watch it on the television. We stayed in Germany where I was getting treatment we couldn't bear to watch it could we um and we just trained and trained even chris's face now he looks like he's, he's yeah. contorted by the yeah. memory i wish you could see everybody listening but i think that's also gave us some character of coming back from that as well yeah. and, and and the determination because i think mentally you can will yourself to get better quicker. I mean, that's a bit zenish. I know I, I understand all of that. But I think there are some positive things that if you feel that you need to get better to prove yourself, you can will that, whether it's determination. But if there's this like, oh, well, it's passed, it's gone, we'll sit back and we'll wait a year. Um, that's a different mm-hmm. mindset. And for us, that was never the case. We were going to come back. So we actually had to better, come back, I stronger. think. 
stronger and better than we had if we'd have gone to those championships, potentially won them and then gone on to the World Championship. Finally, it's time for Richard and Judy, one of the defining on-screen duos, not just of the 80s, but the 90s and the noughties. In fact, they first started presenting this morning back in the late 80s, having met at a local radio news station on a show called Granada Reports, where Richard's choice of suit was, well, certainly interesting. Well, I say that, definitely caught Judy's eye. I was a presenter for Granada, uh, we, we, our, our local news programme, it's called Granada Reports. Um, in those days, individual regions, we, we were in the, the northwest region, we were based in Manchester, but we covered um, the whole of the northwest. Um, and it was a very different style of programming, wasn't it? The programme was much, it wasn't just a rolling news bulletin like it tends to be now. It had all sorts of little um stuff in the studio a bit like this morning actually. I was going to say it's it's like, like this it morning. was like this morning yeah so um we so, so, so things were very different and anyway when when Richard arrived yes I've been there a couple of years and then he walked in and I first impressions I do remember walking him walking into the newsroom he was wearing it was May wasn't it was yes, it May it was May yeah it was May and he was wearing a really pale blue suit you know sort of like ice blue sharp and I thought Oh, God, he... I thought, now I thought, oh, God, he thinks a lot of himself, doesn't he? You look look great, but wearing that... Nobody else said this. All the other blokes were just wearing, I don't know, jeans and God knows what else. There were you in your pale blue summer. My first day at the office. I know, I know, I know. know. Give me a break. I know. (laughs) So you thought I was a wanker? No, I didn't. I didn't think that. I just have a a very vivid image of you um, walking into the newsroom wearing that blue suit. I mean, you know, they, they had that thing, that old sort of um, Gigi thing, you were all in blue, you were all... No, I was wearing white. Well, I do yeah, have yeah. this really strong image of you in this blue suit. That was my first impression of you. Um, I, I looked after you, didn't I? And well, you, my, my my first memory of, of Judy... I hadn't actually... I'd, I'd heard the name Judy Finnegan a few times. I was over at Yorkshire Television on the other side of the Pennines. Yeah. And I was working with a, a, a reporter there, a presenter there called Marilyn Webb, uh, who was the sort of Judy Finnegan of Yorkshire Television, you know. Uh, I love the girl, Marilyn, no longer with us, sadly. Um, and, and she and I worked with Richard Wykley doing the, 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 the calendar programme there. That was what it was called, Calendar News. So anyway, I get the job at... at, at I get poached, basically, and I get the job at Granada, and I'd heard of Judy Finning, but I didn't know much about her at all. Report section. Uh, no, um, um, but I'd, I'd heard of her, but I, you know, I wasn't really, you know, that conscious of her. And I remember walking into the newsroom. I can't remember the, the suit that I was in, uh, but I do remember. Uh, real, I must have seen you on Report Section. You're right. I must have seen you on that. It was a Sunday show, wasn't it? You did with, yeah. with Bob. Mm. That's right. Yeah, I had. Yes, I had glimpsed her um, on on a kind of a factual program that, that she did called Granada Reports Action that went network. Yes, you're right. I did. I had seen her, and I fancied her. You know, I you know I thought she was really pretty, but you know I was married. She was married at the time, so you know it was just it was just a kind of a technical. Oh, well, she's very attractive. And I remember coming into the newsroom and seeing Judy in the flesh for the first time and thinking, oh yeah, she's she's you know she's hot, she's great. What was I wearing? Ah, you were wearing a you were wearing a a, a woolen top, um, a sort of a um, a buttonless cardigan which was ripped. A buttonless but, cardigan. But, 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 what would you call it? It was like a jumper, but it had but it was ripped. It had um, different coloured stripes going across it. Oh, and, I never wore anything. Yes, like you that. did. I can tell you. I can see it now. You, that's what you were wearing. I you, didn't. That, that's what you were wearing, and you were wearing uh, some kind of. It was a, I think it was a green skirt. 
Oh, you look lovely. I mean, it wasn't what you were going to wear on the show, but, you know, it was, it was your newsroom. And I was in my sharp blue suit. <laughs> uh, and I thought she might have made an effort, to be honest. With you. Um, but, but I didn't... But, but Judy says I walked into the office. What I actually walked into was the morning news conference, because that's, that's where we all used to meet at nine o'clock. So I walked in, joined, I was introduced by the editor, this is Richard, he's new, blah, blah, look after him. Then we had the, the news conference, talked about what was going to go in that night's programme. Then I was shown my desk, and I sat down, and the next thing, as I was getting my sort of, you know, barrows lined up in parallel, and my reporter's notebook, and my typewriter, <laughs> days, I felt two hands simultaneously land on my shoulders behind me. These two hands go smack on my shoulders, and I jumped. And I turned around, and it was Judy with her, both her hands on both my shoulders, and she said, I'm your mummy. And I didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. I said, what? And she, and she laughed and said, joke. She said, we have, we have a thing called the parenting scheme here, Richard. She said, um, when somebody new comes to the office, somebody is assigned to be either their daddy or their mummy. It's a joke. But basically, I'm going to show you where the toilets are, where the canteen is, where the editing suites are. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the grand tour, because I'm your mummy. Ha ha. So uh, that kind of passed into, into legend. So she showed me around. Uh, she showed me around. Building, and we we got on straight away, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, I mean straight away. Yeah. Within whatever her first thoughts were, you know, who's this, who's this wanker in the blue suit? Um, I don't think the blue suit made me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, by the by, by the by, by, by the end of that morning, we were. I I could tell we were going to be friends. Um, mm. uh, and obviously, it developed into something a lot more than that. But that was a, that was a long way down the road. Um, but we, we, we were fra- we were kindred spirits, and uh, as we were talking, and then I remember we were talking about that night's show, and Judy was discre- ex- explaining how the show was put together, and I kind of got it, and she got it that I got it, and I don't know, we just clicked straight away. Thanks so much for listening to another Something from the Cellar. Let us know which stories you'd like us to relive and revisit by messaging us on Instagram at whitewineqt. And to listen to these episodes in full, just search the guest name in your search bar. This week, we've listened to Patch Up, Torvald and Dean and Richard and Judy. I'll be back with a brand new episode on Friday. Until then, have a great week. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.